We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is Lakers Nation Live. The Lakers fall to the Miami Heat. A chance to win it at the buzzer does not go down for Cam Reddish. Certainly not the way we wanted this to end, but the Lakers, well, they were almost out of players to finish this game. We'll break down everything that happened on this one. Welcome in. Those of you coming in live from YouTube, from Facebook, from X. Of course, podcast listeners coming in after the fact, welcome in to you as well. Make sure you do give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, joining me tonight, we've got Mark Gunnels from LakersNation.com. Mark, how you doing? Uh, could be better, obviously. Could, uh, could be better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. The end result, certainly not what we wanted in this game. Not what we wanted to see. We wanted to see a Lakers win. And you can't help but feel like, we, you saw the Lakers waste a Herculean effort by LeBron James. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned at the top, I mean, you almost ran out of players there. You got AD banged up in this game, only played 25 minutes. Didn't get anything from him in the second half, obviously. Um, you know, you had to throw Max Christie out there for 15 minutes. It looked a little shaky. We saw Cam Reddish miss, obviously, the potential game winning shot at the end. I thought Austin Reeves played well, though. That was a good welcome sign. I think that was his best game so far this year. You get 23 points out of him on efficient shooting. He was 9 to 14 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. Got you 10 rebounds and 9 assists. I mean, he almost had a triple-double, Trevor. So uh, that's a welcome sign if you want a silver lining here. But, you know, it's just very frustrating when you, you get within a point and then your last four possessions were all three-point attempts when – you only shot eight of 26 from three tonight, and you were only down by one. Yeah. And I, I tweeted this out where I posted it on X. I'm still getting used to saying that. That uh, stop settling for threes. Yeah, you were getting good looks, but you only needed a bucket. You only needed a bucket. And I, the last four shots were all three-pointers when you're down by one. I, I just didn't understand that. 
and they were all open looks. And so you've got to you've got to take those shots. But yeah, you needed to get something going to the rim again. The Lakers kind of fell in the trap of shooting that open three. By the way, welcome. We've got some new members coming in. Wick 13 checking out the Lakers Nation YouTube membership program, which I'm biased, but I think we offer some pretty cool perks. In fact, dropped a, a members-only video earlier today preparing everybody for the week ahead. So make sure you guys check that out. But um, this was unquestionably one that got away from the Lakers, and it could have been an opportunity to go in and get a win against a Miami Heat team that was was pretty hungry for a, for a W themselves. LeBron was phenomenal in this game, and the Lakers ultimately just don't quite get it done. And like we said, there's plenty to look at here. There's plenty to look at when we, when we think about how many guys are out hurt for the Lakers right now, how thin their rotation is. The bottom line is you had a 30-point game from LeBron. He looked very spry. He was dunking all over the place, 13 of 23 shooting. And you still can't quite get the win that you need. Um, I suppose before we go any further, we should talk about the health of Anthony Davis. AD uh, exits just before the half due to a what was called a groin spasm. I saw it characterized as a hip, hip spasm, depending on who you were listening to. And he exits just before halftime, tries to give it a go in the third quarter. And frankly, I think it actually hurt the Lakers because Anthony Davis couldn't move much out there. And so the Lakers gave up some runs with AD unable to do much. And then he exits the game eventually for good. So all eyes on the health of Anthony Davis. Now, is he capable of playing? Can he come back? LeBron had to spend 37 minutes on the floor in this one, trying to come back and get the win. This is not what this Lakers season was supposed to look like. This was supposed to be the team with all the depth to withstand injuries to LeBron and AD with all the depth to have these guys not play as many minutes. And down the stretch, they had six players left. And part of that was a player getting kicked out of the game. We'll talk about D'Angelo Russell. But I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite to this degree. Mark, we've seen teams get hit by injury before. There's the infamous picture of Chris Kamen laying on the Lakers bench because they were so shorthanded. But six, now seven games into the season, to be missing almost your entire your entire wing rotation in addition to Gabe Vincent, this is unreal what we're seeing. And now Anthony Davis dealing with an injury. Who knows if he'll be able to go for this next game. Like I said, the Lakers were down to six true rotation players to close out this game. This is this is brutal on the injury front. Yeah, it's tough, man. And I saw a comment uh, asking why was Cam Reddish on that last play? Well, who else were you going to put in? It was it was him or Max Christie. It was the the twenty year old. Yeah. yeah, that those were the options. And part of that, maybe you could say, well, D'Angelo Russell shouldn't have been kicked out because that could have been D'Angelo Russell in that corner. But yeah, look, you can argue it should have been Austin Reeves, maybe in the corner or whatever. But Darvin, I'm sure, had reasons for why guys were where they were. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the in that moment, the choice was to finish the game on an offensive possession and neither one of these is necessarily a great option. It was either Max Christie or Cam Reddish. And you can argue it should be Max Christie because he's the better three-point shooter, but Darvin went with Cam Reddish. That was it. There's no D'Lo. He got yeah. kicked out. There's no Rui. There's no Jared Vanderbilt, who you're probably not going to have over there anyway, but you're not going to have uh, Gabe Vincent. Jackson Hayes is missing. Torian Prince just came back from injury. This is, this is absolutely unreal. Yeah. I mean, in that situation, you know, you can't be mad at him for leaning with the, more experienced guy and Cam Reddish over Max Christie in that moment. So, you know, you're working with, you're not working with much there. So 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not mad at that decision. What I will say, though, I didn't like the play design of that last play. I, you know, the whole LeBron, the top of the key, because the thing with that is then you have 10 sets of eyes on him, right? It's easier for mm -hmm. the defense to zone in on him, and you know he's going to most likely drive to the rim in that situation only down one. So then they were able to obviously collapse him. And, you know, we always do this with LeBron, but it's the truth. He did technically make the right basketball play. You know, he had three guys converging over to him. He kicked it to a wide-open guy in the corner, which is the easiest three in the league, right? The short mm -hmm. corner three. And he just missed it. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I know people maybe maybe want LeBron to force the action there and shoot over two or three guys, but it's just not how he's how he plays. And we've been watching him for 21 years. So he made the right basketball play and it just didn't fall. Yeah, you just got to knock down those shots. And they made the right basketball play four times in a row, and all four threes just missed. The Lakers finished just 31% from three. Again, if that is if that stat instead of eight for 26 reads nine for 26. The Lakers are walking away with the win. That's how close it was. Um, I've got somebody saying, why settle for a three if only down one? I don't think they settled for the three. That was the open look was the three. It's not like they they forced a three or anything like that. The Heat completely collapsed in the paint and left Cam Reddish all alone and dared him to knock down the open look, and, and he just missed the shot. That was unfortunate, the way that all went. Um, Drew said, no defense needed. Why was Reddish in the game? Again, the option was Reddish or Max Christie. And again, if I'm just looking at three-point percentage and that's it, I'm going with, with Max Christie. But in that moment, and look, Darwin has made plenty of mistakes and we've pl pl spent plenty of time criticizing him, but sometimes the cold percentages don't aren't the final decision maker. You think about who's got a more yeah. experience, who's in more of a rhythm in that game, all those sorts of things matter when a coach is making a decision about who to put a, put in at crunch time. And also, you have to factor in, the play wasn't necessarily drawn up specifically to get Cam Reddish a three. Like, that that wasn't the goal, was to get Cam Reddish an open three. That's what became available once LeBron drove. I would assume that if, I, if you're Darvin Ham, not, again, intending to draw up a play for Cam Reddish to shoot a three, you're probably thinking if LeBron drives and gets something going to the rim, Cam has a better chance of flying in and getting a tip or something like that. And he's not wrong on that one. So, again, those were the options. It was Cam Reddish or Max Christie. That was all he had to choose from. Uh, yes, you would like to see somebody other than Cam taking that shot, but I don't think the play was drawn up specifically to get a three for Cam Reddish. Yeah, and I see the comments are going crazy right now. I, I think it's totally unfair to rip Darvin Ham in this situation. Now, trust me, he deserves a lot of blame for things he's done since being a Lakers head coach. But I don't think, you know, just throwing him, <laughs> throwing him to the side because he chose Cam Reddish in that situation over Max Christie, who, I mean, quite frankly, hasn't shown you much. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, you know. He played 15 minutes tonight. He was two or three from the field, all of one from three. Gave you, he was a minus eight and plus minus. I mean, it's not like Max Christie was lighting the world on fire tonight. I, I can see if he made a couple threes in the game and was in a good flow, then okay, yeah. But when they were both kind of on evil, even footing, I mean, I don't think there was a big gap between the performances between mm -hmm. Cam Reddish and Max Christie. You're going to go with the more veteran guy in that situation. Now, I think if you're going to have any kind of a complaint here, it's not that Cam Reddish was in the game. It's that it should have been someone else in the corner 
given that that's probably a high a high likely area that's going that's to pop fair. open. That's fair. And, and yeah, look, Torian Prince has been a great corner three shooter for his career. Austin Reeves had just missed some threes, but he'd be a better choice. Right? There's some other choices you could have put there, but again, perhaps the thinking was Cam has the best shot of any of them of flying in from the baseline and doing something. And it just so happened that it broke down where he needed to shoot the three. But um, in terms of why put Reddish in the corner, again, hindsight being 2020, yeah, I'm, I'm putting some, somebody else there, but this is the way it broke down. Um, face reality, Braun passing to Reddish for the game winner, WTF. No, Braun, layup, draw a foul, pass to Prince or Reeves. Cam hasn't proved anything to earn that shot. <laughs> I mean, in the moment, like if you're oh, LeBron, you're in that moment. Are you really stopping to think, gosh, that's the, the guy that's wide open is Cam and I can't give it to him. So let me try to force a pass back out behind me to to Prince or Reeves. I don't know. Again, that's where you could say it should have been someone else in the corner. But I don't know. I, I don't think LeBron wasn't going to get the foul call there. The Heat were just collapsing and then just putting hands up. I You can argue LeBron should have taken the shot, but he has consistently shown he makes the right basketball play. In this case, he hit the open teammate. And look, if Cam knocks that shot down, we're all praising LeBron for making the right play in a tough moment. Yeah, and here's the thing with the drawing the foul thing. You kind of alluded to it. We've seen time and time again where LeBron drives to the rim with reckless abandon, but it's controlled, right? But I'm just saying that. And he gets fouled. They never call it. We always we remember the infamous no call in Boston last year, right? Yeah, right. And and this one, he didn't even have a clear path. I mean, his his path got cut off immediately once he put the ball on the ground. If you go back and watch the play, I would dare you guys to go back and watch it. There, there was no path for him to have a good angle for a layup there. It just wasn't available. They the Heat did a good job of collapsing, and they live with the results. You know, it's like, well, we see Cam over here in the short corner. If he beats us, hey, we tip our cap. Right, but we're not gonna let LeBron beat us on a game-winning layup. So that was a calculator risk that Spo and his staff took, and it it came out that the percentages worked in their favor. Now, like I was saying though, I would have preferred maybe LeBron getting the ball in the low block area, because like mm -hmm. I mentioned, him having the ball at the top of the key, you have you allow the defense that opportunity to collapse once you put the ball on the ground. Now, if he has it on that short elbow area then I think you have more op more room to operate because it's going to be hard to double him or it's going to be, it'll be more risky to double him from that area when he has the ball on the block versus him coming downhill at the top of the key. So that's one adjustment I would have liked to see from him in that situation, especially when you only needed a bucket. You only needed two points. You didn't need a three. So I would have liked to see him. And we know LeBron's really good in that, that elbow area too. So yeah. I would have liked to see that, but. Um, yeah, I, I think there's certainly, especially in hindsight, there's certainly other options that we'd like to see the Lakers try out and maybe in the block would it, getting in the ball can be a little bit tricky, but if you can get it to him there and let him go to work, not a bad idea. Mob mentality. So the Lakers need to win a road game ASAP or it'll be a mental problem. Yeah. The Lakers are 0 and 4 on the road now. 0 and 4. Also ham is wrong. Cam hasn't shown us. He's a good three point shooter. Ham had some comments, uh, a little over a week ago about Cam Reddish. One of the things he can do is knock down open threes. He hasn't shown the ability to do that really at, 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 a, at an NBA level at any point in his career, not at a at a positive level anyway. Um, more confident in Max or Wood to hit that last shot. Hope AD is okay. Yeah, again, we are all waiting for word on Anthony Davis and what's going on with him. Um, you essentially played the second half without AD. And on that hand, like, look, 
the Lakers going up against this Miami team at home. And by the way, I thought the officiating was atrocious. And there's a reason. Look, D'Angelo Russell, and we're going to talk about him. He made a massive mistake in getting himself thrown out. There's no question. But there's also a reason why he was so upset. And that's because the officiating was horrendous all game long. It was one thing after. And look, the Heat were upset too. The officiating was just bad. Just completely missed calls throughout the night. Uh, and so that is is a part of what we saw as well um, in all of this. Is that the, the officiating was bad. But if you're D'Lo, you can't get kicked out. You can't get kicked out of this game. You just you simply can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. And to your point, though, it would be different if D'Lo has a reputation of getting kicked out or always complaining to the refs. Sure. It's like, okay, you don't think nothing is a good call, right? Like, you just complain all game, every day. But that's not really his nature. So when a guy like that gets that mad, I tend to side with him. Because, like, you don't normally act like this. So it must really be pretty egregious for you to get right. this upset so yeah right. I, I do i do agree with that so so down, you're playing you're down the stretch now miami they they shot well they started missing some shots late and let the lakers back in the game i thought the lakers for much of the game were doing a bad job with their closeouts particularly behind the three-point line but but you're the lakers you're going down the stretch you've got no delo no Anthony Davis, no Rui Hachimura, no Gabe Vincent, no Jared Vanderbilt, right? On and on. You're just, you're missing all these players. You're down to six, like, actual NBA rotation players that you can turn to. And you are one shot away from beating the Heat. Like, for one yeah. thing, that's that's really impressive from LeBron, and it tells you what LeBron did in this game. But that's also some grit and some determination from the Lakers as a team. They got some stops they needed to down the stretch. And so, given that context, it's it's hard to be too upset because, frankly, I wouldn't expect, if you told me Anthony Davis is out, D'Lo's out, you're going to have six players left and you're going to play most of the second half like that, I wouldn't expect the Lakers to be anywhere close to winning that game, to not, not even to have a shot to win it. If you told me that's the scenario and you're going to get a shot to win the game at the end, I, I think I would take that every single time. Yeah, and you know, most of the fan base doesn't want to. It's not going to want to hear no, that. But no, 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 no. That's, that's the just the glasses have full approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Shout out to the optimist. Hopefully, you know he's out there listening right now. <laughs> boy, our boy Matt. But uh, no, I, you're right, man. And like I said, I know this fan base doesn't want to hear moral victories or anything that sounds like a moral victory. But you're right, man. I mean, you know, this Miami team. They're starting off slow, but this is still a team that was in the NBA Finals just six months ago. <laughs> like, this is this is still a pretty darn good team. And for you to be that shorthanded and still have a chance to win at the end, considering everything that went on, I do think there are some positives you, you can take from that. And, you know, you still got two more road games on this trip. You're going to Houston on Wednesday, which is a very winnable game. And then you're playing Phoenix, who hasn't looked like the Phoenix team that we expected before the year, and you already beat them once. So, I mean, th things aren't all the way bad. Because then after that, you're coming back home, you play Portland and Memphis. So, like, this next stretch of games, you know, these are all very winnable games. Hopefully, AD's not out for an extended amount of time. You know, you're three and four. Things can be a lot worse right now. As long as you can just keep your head 
above water uh, I once everybody comes back I think you're in a good position man because when are we gonna see this team at full like who knows this is this point. Point. any iPhone in any condition I, I mean I just want to see that like because we have so many guys out right now and we've been talking about the depth right how deep this team is gonna be and we haven't even seen half of it really yet. <laughs> like, they haven't. They haven't know. even had. They haven't had Vanderbilt since the opening game of preseason. Yeah. So, so it's, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And you know what? I mean, the the glass is half empty here. For those of you who are upset and angry, you want to hear this? I said the start of the season that ten games in, the floor should be six and four. That should be the floor. Well, you've already burned up all those losses. Um, you gave. You no-showed against a game that we marked on the calendar as, a, as one you should win, and that was Orlando. And now you've got to run through a few games here. And look, Phoenix, they're actually probably going to be healthy for this next game against the Lakers. They're going to have Bradley Beal, most likely. They're going to have Devin Booker. Again, we'll see. We'll see. It's not for sure, but it sounds like they're probably going to be fully healthy. So is that a win? We'll see. What's the status of Anthony Davis? That changes everything, obviously. So, I think it comes down to this. Tyler says Wednesday is a must win. Yeah, you take on the Rockets. Um, is this something going on with the audio? Wednesday. Everybody's saying some audio in the background. Do you hear that? No, no but I'll like get some it. Audio issue. Okay. There we go. I don't know if it's like some background noise. Buyers travel far and wide to hustle the best. How's that? We good? Amazing holiday gifts. So you don't have to. Yeah. I don't. I don't hear anything. We get the deals. You gift the. There we go. The Santa tab was open. Okay. Got it. Um, for some reason those bleed bleed through every once in a while. All right. Okay. So, um, here's what we've got: is a game against the Rockets. Who it, that is a now a must win. You can't give that game away. And I don't know who they're going to have. I don't know who they're going to have available. LeBron, I think, burned himself out quite a bit in this game. Anthony Davis, is he going to be available to play? Darvin Ham said no update just yet after the game, but AD's in good spirits. Rui Hachimura, will he be back? We don't know yet. Still in concussion protocol. The Lakers, the it all depends on how he's progressing in the concussion protocols. Uh, Gabe Vincent will be out. Jared Vanderbilt will be out. You've got to find a way to go into Houston and get a win like that. The, the games that you should win are becoming all the more critical. Now that you've dropped the game to Miami at the buzzer, now that you've dropped the game to Orlando, you've got to win on Wednesday against Houston. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. But don't you think it's a little too early to say must wins, though? It's yeah. hard for me to get there this early in the season. It's still obviously a game you want to you, you want to get, like, for sure, because you don't want to get start getting behind in the standings. And, you know, these are games that we talk about that you got to take care of because we'll look back on it, you know, February, March. And, like, yeah. you lost to the Rockets. You lost to the Magic. You know, like, you don't want those games to keep piling up. But it's still hard for me to get there on must win this early. But it, it, I, I feel where you're coming from, though. I definitely feel where you're coming from, though. Uh, you got to take advantage of it. You gave yeah. away essentially two games here uh, against Orlando and against Miami. Again, you had an opportunity to win. There's some circumstances that are why, you know what? Again, I predicted the Lakers to beat Miami. If AD's healthy, yeah, they'd probably beat Miami. Um, but they didn't. Uh, you would expect the Lakers to beat Orlando. They did not show up. So now that's a loss. I think that puts the pressure on this game against yeah. Houston because the problem is in the West, come March, come April, the West is going to be super compact. Every win and loss is going to matter, and we're going to be looking back to right now and going, oh, my yeah. God, that loss to Orlando is killing us now. Mm -hmm. right, these right, wins, right. these games matter so much in the West this year. So I – look, the, it's not all over if they lose on Wednesday, but I think the Lakers have to approach Wednesday as a you, – you better get it done here. You got to get it done. You got to find a way to get, get yeah, the W. And again, I don't know what LeBron's going to have in the tank for that game. Well, luckily, you do have the day off tomorrow. So hopefully, you know, yeah. he doesn't do nothing at all and just rest his body, which I imagine that he will. We know he takes care of his body and probably better than anybody. Um, and I think he'll give it a go, just considering it's not a back-to-back. -back. And, you know, I, I'm skeptical about AD. I'm not sure. You know, we're going to wait. I'm sure we'll get some more updates tomorrow, the next 24 hours. But if you were to ask me right now, I would probably lean towards he probably doesn't play probably you know just to be precautionary there um so i think you'll definitely need lebron in that one and we'll see who else is going to be available but yeah i mean you definitely want to win this game to get back to 500 and you know and essentially kind of start fresh if you would right because then after that you play phoenix and like i mentioned you got a couple games at home that on paper you'll be favored to win you know uh, you play memphis and i forgot the other one i said but they're they're both very winnable games at home after these next two road games. All right, so we've got a little bit of news on Anthony Davis. This is AD himself talking after the game, said his hip spazzed up, so not the groin, it's the hip. Said he felt fine coming out at halftime, but it spazzed up again, so he's dealing with hip spasms. Then the same thing again in the third quarter. So it happened to him twice again in the third quarter, but he said he feels fine and is getting ready to play on Wednesday. He's confident and optimistic. He'll be ready to play on Wednesday. Hmm. We will see, but yeah. uh, we'll see how, how it feels in the morning. Because look, Anthony Davis, he was upset. He was not happy with this because he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen in the national media. He knows all the jokes that are going to be made at his expense. He doesn't want to miss games. He wants to be out there play, but let's see how he feels tomorrow. He's confident that he's going to go, but we'll see how things look tomorrow, how things look on Wednesday and then go from there. I, I think you're right. I think that we have to be at least skeptical that he's going to play on Wednesday. But that is good news that AD himself is saying, no, I'm going to play. But we'll see what the doctors say. Yeah, and this may be a situation where the Lakers have to protect him from himself. Because like you mentioned, he does hear the media, and I think he wants to prove a point that he can be healthy and available. Because I mean, even before the year, he talked about playing all 82 games, right? 
uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, I, I just don't want him to feel that pressure and try to force something and then make it worse. That, that That's something I'm I would be afraid of. So the Lakers may have to protect him from himself. But like you said, we'll see how he feels and wakes, wakes up in the morning. And then maybe it's not as bad as, you know, I'm, I think. And he'll be fine to go Wednesday and he'll score 30 points, you know, hopefully. Right. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Mission 86 said too many threes at the end. This isn't trebuchet ball. <laughs> Get to the rim. That's why you're tall. Okay. Theoretically should be at Houston next. Yeah. Hopefully they do get a win against Houston, but yes, uh, look, a lot of threes, they were all wide open threes, but just could not knock any of them down. That certainly was frustrating. I ambiguous said master locks for tonight. Number one, hamnesia. Darvin ham had a little bit of hamnesia perhaps should have gone with Max Christie in there to space the floor. Again, think you can make an argument either way, but Cam Reddish, Master lock, forgetting how to score at all in the last two minutes, but mostly amnesia. Yeah, the Lakers just could not get the ball in the basket when they needed to. Had multiple chances to go up down the stretch and could not get it done. That was certainly, that was frustrating. That was, fr it was a frustrating finish to a game where you, it got your hopes up again. We thought, oh no, all is lost. Anthony Davis is out. Delo's ejected. They have like six guys left. This is going to be a nightmare. And then, wait, there's hope. They can win this. They've got the ball. That's and then no. Yeah, the emotional it's one of, roller coaster. It's one of those things where it's like you're down eleven, hands to the fourth. You would almost rather just from a, a fan perspective, so you don't get your emotions involved too much. Just just lose by twenty, and you know we just be like, okay, we were just shorthanded, and things just went out the rails. But then you you, you get there within one possession, you actually like, oh, we could actually win this game. Just to come right. up short, it just makes it hurt. A lot more, but as a from a fan perspective, but like I said, though, I do think that is a positive, though. The fact that they did fight back, considering how shorthanded they were on the road against a team that just was in the NBA Finals six months ago. I think you could take something from that and hopefully build upon that on Wednesday night against Houston. But fingers crossed that AD will be available because Houston, we know they're not they're going to get up for the Lakers like pretty much everybody does. Oh, every every team does, and the Lakers have to, have to certainly be ready for that. Peanut Butter Badger said, a Cam Reddish three? Is that what they drew up in that timeout? A Cam Reddish three. <laughs> Again, I don't that I do not believe that's what they drew up. I don't um, think so. <laughs> if that was, then Darvin Ham should have to walk to Houston. If that's what if that's really what they drew what they drew up. But I guarantee you, look. We may say Darvin Ham's got a bad, been a bad coach and all this. Like people may be criticizing him, and look, there's things to criticize him for. I can almost guarantee that he's not drawing up that play specifically to get a Cam Reddish three. And if he did, that's a much bigger that, that is a much bigger problem. If that is specifically what he was trying to get on that set, could you imagine him in the huddle, just telling everybody like, "Hey, we're drawing this playoff for Cam Reddish to shoot a corner three. LeBron, you're going to oh. drive and kick." And he's going to be open. He's our best three-point. No, he did not do that. LeBron would have you. taken the clipboard away from him. <laughs> yeah. It, would, like, it did not yeah. go down like that. It's just the flow of the play just happened to where it, it led to that. And like I said before, we have to give Miami some credit. I know we like to look at everything from a Laker, Laker perspective, but Eric Spoelstra is probably the best coach in the in the league. Like, right? You can make the argument he's one, two, or three. He's up there, right? So, they get paid too on that side. And I, I 
really think that that was their plan. Like they were looking at to see who was who was lined up where, who was positioned where, and I'm sure him and his staff said, "We'll live." We and they and they know LeBron is the thing. <laughs> like right, like Spoelstra coached LeBron for four years, uh, battled against them when he was yeah. in Cleveland. Like he knows he nobody probably knows LeBron in the league more. Than than Spoelstra, right? So I, I think that plays a part in it as well. He knows what LeBron's gonna do in that situation. He's seen it many of times before. So I think we'll be remiss if we didn't bring up the other side in this. Sure. I think that's important. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a great point. That's a great point there, Mark. Uh, Yang Sam said uh, he became a, a YouTube member. So welcome. And again, if you guys haven't checked out the Lakers Nation YouTube channel membership program, you can check that out using the join button. Uh, there's also a link in the description of our videos that you can go check that out and uh, see what we're offering. I think some really cool perks with the membership program. And so far, we've had a lot of people saying they've been been really enjoying it. So check that out. You can even gift memberships to each other in the chat, which I think is really cool. This kind of like sharing mentality that we've got here. But all right, Mark, we need to, you know... I've got a lot more questions to get through, but I want to get to this. You know, we like to take one thing and kind of identify that as the most annoying thing of the night. And there's a lot of options from this game. And I have a feeling the chat is ready for this, for this little venting session here. So let's do it. Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night chat let us know what do you feel was the most annoying thing from this game that you would like to put in chris the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock uh mark what do you have as your most master lock worthy either person moment what do you what do you have for this game oh man there's a couple places you can go here um i think for me it's just the overarching theme of and this is a collective thing. It's not just one person, though. Uh, mm-hmm. The the lack of rotations on, on the outside on these three-point shooters. I mean, the Heat really could have shot better than what they did. They mm-hmm. It kind of tailed off at the end. At one point, they were shooting over 40%. They ended up shooting only 32%. But they had a lot of open threes at the end that they missed. I mean, I think just the lack of overall communication, you keep seeing that over and over again. And, and you keep wondering... When is that going to get cleaned up? And I think that was that was the difference, uh, especially through the first three quarters. You know, the, the Heat were making threes and the Lakers were not. And I, you know, I know it sounds pretty simple, but I mean, if you look at the numbers, you know, we watched the game. If you look at the numbers, that that's pretty much the difference, right? Everything else is pretty even for the most part. Lakers actually had more fast break points. It was nineteen to nine. The turnovers were about equal. The Heat had eighteen. Lakers had seventeen. So, I mean, when I look at that, the Heat made four more threes. They got up a lot more, but I think that's also because the lack of uh, communication where they were getting open shots and they were letting it fly, and the Lakers are lucky they didn't make no more than what they did. Yeah, I uh, I was not super pleased with the Lakers' closeouts behind the three-point line. I thought Miami got a lot of really good looks. And I'll be honest, you know, look, I'm not – LeBron had a, a very, very good game, obviously had a throwback performance. There were a number of times though where you saw LeBron not close out, where you saw LeBron not box out the way he needed to. The Heat, clearly, word is out that the Lakers are a team that you can punish on the glass because the Heat just went right after. Every single time it looked like the Lakers had a rebound where the, the other team would typically just run back down the floor, 
the Heat made a concerted effort to go pressure that. And a couple of times it turned into Heat points. So these issues that the Lakers have had, not closing out on three-point shooters, not boxing out. Again, LeBron, I thought, was not good in terms of his closeouts. Not good with his box outs either. Not just him, though. It was a lot of players. Um, those have They've got to be fixed, and we keep talking about it. They, they've got to fix these problems yeah. that they've had. Um, so that's, you know, that's something. Because now we're starting to see teams really key on that and focus on it because they recognize that these are ways that you can hurt this Lakers team. And it's, and it's simple focus. It's focus. It's effort. It's attention to detail. It's all of those things. It's not, well, the Lakers aren't a good three-point shooting team because they don't have three-point shooters or something like that. This is the Lakers aren't focused in certain areas, and so that's causing problems. Um, all right. I think there's a lot of things that can be master locked. Injuries, certainly. As Edward says, master lock all these injuries. Yep. Master lock the injuries. Omar said master lock the offensive rebounds, the transition defense, the closeout shooting on, on three-point shooters. Yep. Can master lock all that stuff. But I'll tell you what I'm putting in the master lock. It's D'Angelo Russell, who after the game, he said he still doesn't know what he did to get the second technical. And look, if if D'Lo really didn't do anything, because remember, it was the other official that came in, not the official he was talking to. It was yeah. a different official that came in and gave D'Lo a second tech and kicked him out of the game. If that was a mistake in some way, if he, if something was said by another player and the ref misheard it and thought it was D'Lo, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the situation is, but D'Lo saying, I don't know what I said. I don't know what happened. That tells me maybe there's there's something there. Maybe. Yeah. On the flip side, though, if he did, and I understand why D'Lo would be a fr- would be frustrated with the officials because they were bad, bad, bad. All kinds of terrible stuff from that crew. Just blatantly missed calls all night long. Um, if D'Lo did keep talking and say something to get himself ejected, that is master lock worthy. That is beyond master lock worthy, given the context of the team. Not only is he a starter, and so you need him on the floor, so he shouldn't be, no matter what the refs are doing, he shouldn't be getting himself teed up. He shouldn't get himself at risk for getting kicked out yeah. of the game. But Anthony Davis is hurt. You've got all of these play. all your depth pieces are gone. They're yeah. all injured. And you're talking about if, if somebody gets ejected, you're down to six actual rotation guys plus your two-way guys, right? You're, that's what that's what we're looking at here, right? D'Lo is then potentially getting us into territory where not because there's a blowout, but out of necessity, it's Des Moines Hodge, it's Colin Castleton, it's Alex Fudge coming in for the Lakers. And I like all those guys for their own for their own reasons, but yeah, a crunch time game against the Heat is not time to put those guys into the game. So D'Lo simply cannot, no matter how bad the refs are, he can't get himself kicked out. Now, again, I put that qualifier on there because if he really didn't say anything and the refs screwed up again, which given how bad this crew was, wouldn't shock me. If that's what happened, then D'Lo's forgiven. If he really didn't do anything. But if he did, if he did keep talking after he got that first technical and he got himself tossed, you simply can't do that. He's got to be better than that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the rebounding as well because I was going to touch on that too. Uh, both teams actually were tied in defensive rebounds at 33, but the difference was and why the Heat are rebounded the Lakers by six because they had six more offensive rebounds 
and getting those extra possessions is just crucial, man. Especially when you're you lose by one point, you look back at those moments and you know the second chance opportunity, second chance points, and there's another difference in the game there. And you know, there's a couple times where I saw guys were ball watching, they weren't putting a body on a body. They were just looking, and you know the got the Heat got a long rebound off a three point attempt. That happened mm-hmm. several times tonight, and I'm sure. I mean, it's, you can obviously contribute some of that to AD not being there for mo- most of the second half, but but still, I mean, it's just basic fundamental things that I wasn't seeing as far as boxing out. Yeah, and that's been a consistent problem. That's why again, you're going to see teams keep doing it, keep crashing the boards against the Lakers because word is out obviously, that you can hurt them that way. Um, this one says, superstar of the night should be LeBron. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like the, the just reading the room, it didn't feel like the the mood was right to do superstar of the night or or star in your role, but Austin Reeves is star in your role. Yeah, we should talk about Austin, who had a, a fantastic game, almost had a triple-double. Hopefully, you know, this doesn't get overlooked in all of this because we've been waiting for Austin to kind of bounce back. 9 of 14 shooting, 10 boards, 9 assists, a steal, 23 points, and 3 of 8 from deep. Austin had to play 40 minutes in part because D'Lo got ejected and also because Gabe Vincent is is out. But I thought this was uh, a really good performance from Austin, and hopefully we get a lot more of this in in games to come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I definitely don't want that to get overshadowed. This was clearly his best game of this, this young season thus far. And I, I think, like you mentioned, with the guys being out, he was forced in a role in which he excelled in. I think this can go a long ways to building up his confidence and looking more like the Austin Reeves that we saw last year and even better, right? Because we were raving about him in the summer playing with the um, Team USA. So I do think that's a good sign in the right direction. It's just you just want to see this team at full, man. I just can't wait till we can finally see this team full, man. I, I really think – this team could still be special, man. When you get everybody back, it's just frustrating right now with all the missing pieces. And you never know who's going to be there day in and day out. Like, I don't yeah. think people really understand how hard that is, especially not, not just on the players, but the coaching staff. We don't know who's going to be available game by game. You know, you're juggling lineups and trying to figure out a rotation. And you can't do that when you have so many missing pieces day in and day out. So I know people are hard on him. And yes, I get it. I, I've, critiqued him as well like i'm not trying to act like he's not without blame but i do Mm -hmm. think we have to acknowledge what is going on with this roster from an injury standpoint this is substantial like is is there any team that's had that has more injuries than the lakers right now in the league i would love to to find it the crazy thing too is that the national media hasn't caught up to this they they have because it's not lebron or ad that's hurt yeah or even yeah. or even Austin Reeves or D'Lo, it's not those guys. It's all of your all of your other guys that you really need in order to have a, a true team, right? That's how this team is built is to have depth. They're all out. Like everybody's. And the crazy thing is, like, it's not even did did Jackson Hayes go down in a heap after turning his ankle in the game? No. It just and then suddenly it's surprise. Jackson Hayes is on the injured injured report. He's on a he's got a sprained ankle. It's it's yeah. stuff that's coming from out of nowhere. What Gabe Vincent has a swollen knee. Where that he's not going to be reevaluated for two weeks. Where did that come from? You've got Torian Prince gets scratched. A few, he's announced in the starting lineup and then gets scratched because of knee tendonitis. Like just just, some just crazy out stuff. of the blue, random stuff coming up out of nowhere. And that I think has led to the frustration as well. It's like what 
what is going on where you've got so many guys going out hurt? It's just complete misfortune here so far. Um, yeah. All right, let's see your good guy said, I hope this isn't a year where the Lakers suck due to injuries. Oh, 100%. They got to get healthy. They got to get healthy. D Santos said, we're not the Warriors. We were only down by one. What is the team's obsession with chucking up threes? I get it was a wide open look. And yeah, you'd prefer it to be somebody else that, other than Cam Reddish. But, I mean, it was a wide-open shot to, to win the game. And so they went with that, even though it was a three. But they had four wide-open threes down the stretch, and they missed all of them. And that's that's how it goes sometimes, unfortunately. Um, I don't think they were trying to generate a three. I think the heat collapsed in the paint and said, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be on a, a deep shot. And that's I exactly will say, though, the, the one I didn't really like, I, I think it was the first or second one between, before the, in the midst was of the fourth. The, the Reeves one where he could have swung up one more to Torian Prince? That will, that wouldn't even talk about that one, but that would be the, uh -huh. my second one I was most mad about. But it was the LeBron pull-up one. Remember on the left wing? And he pulled up. Oh, yeah. And it was, yeah. That felt like uh, I'm back in Miami. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm feeling myself. Type three. We know LeBron typically he does have tendencies of doing that. I just feel like in that moment, and it was kind of like a semi transition. Mm -hmm. Type look. I, I think I feel like he could have attacked the rim there. I, I wasn't a big fan of that one, but yeah, the Austin Reeves one too. He could have definitely swung it or uh, got another, uh, got a better shot there as well. But yeah. the last two. I don't really mind. I can't remember the one. Be was it the raised one before the reddish one or was it another one? I feel like there was a... I can't remember which one it was. There were a couple of but, Reeves attempts. There was a reddish yeah. one. There was a LeBron one. I yeah, mean, there was know. one Reeves where I didn't mind, but it was the one that you're talking about I didn't really like. And then obviously the last one, I mean, you just made the right play and it just didn't go in. So I can't get yeah. mad at that one. But. Uh, Jamie is not happy with James Williams. That is the most comp incompetent ref in the NBA. Well, the Celtics ref isn't in the league anymore. Uh, Joseph said the NBA needs to do a top 10 on LeBron versus Heat. Blocks, dunks, he did it all. We're just thin and don't have many bodies to use. Five versus eight with refs giving uh, texts like they were going out of fashion. Yeah, a lot of technical fouls. But there were a lot of technical fouls because the players were frustrated with the officials. Because they were they were making mistakes. They, they weren't doing their job. And so... Players were frustrated. So, of course, they're going to be frustrated and they're going to say something. Um, and so there were a lot of texts. Uh, again, the players maybe need to, need to do a better job not saying stuff and understanding that, yes, referees are human, but that was also a very poorly officiated game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reeves' best game of the season wasted, Jay says. Yeah, it was. It was also a really good LeBron performance that unfortunately was wasted. Ace of Hearts. Said Wood was under the basket uh, on with Richardson on him for a lob. Yes, I did see that. In that moment, LeBron, when he's driving, a little drop-off pass may have been there to Christian Wood. Richardson is pretty good when it comes to stealing the ball. So again, this is all happening. Game speeds. There's not. It's not like LeBron's drive again and says, "Hmm, I think I can give the ball to Christian Wood, or maybe I should give it to Cam." Let me ponder for a moment. No, he's got to make a decision in a fraction of a second. Richardson's pretty good at reaching his hand in to get a steal. I can understand if he'd be a little worried about trying to feed that to, to Christian Wood. But yes, he did have the seal on Richardson to potentially get the drop off. He probably would have gotten fouled. Richardson would have wrapped him up. And then uh, Christian Wood probably would have been going to the free throw line. 
Um, anyway, Ace of Hearts goes on to say, like I said earlier this year, I don't care if we have eight Steph Currys on the rosters, the Lakers will never be a three-point shooting team, especially when you only need two points to win. Yeah, the Lakers, the three ball has not been there much this year. I do think they're a better three-point shooting team than what we've seen so far, but it, it abandoned them at a bad time in this one, that's for sure. Yeah, and to that last play again, it, like you said, it's it's easy when you take a screenshot or slow the play down. Like, why didn't LeBron pass it the wood right there? And I think he didn't have the best of angle there. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're watching it in full-time speed, I, I, I didn't really think like, oh, okay, yeah, you had wood there. But like I said, once you take screenshots and slow it down and stuff like that, it's easier to critique. So yeah, in that moment, I, I think it's a lot harder than people realize. Well, it, it certainly is. It's a split-second decision, and so that's that's definitely not easy. Uh, this one says, please talk about all of those unnecessary three-point attempts when we were down by one. Again, part of that is I think you credit the Miami defense for giving up those three-pointers, for forcing the Lakers to take those threes. I mean, that was what was open, and you can say it's open for a reason, and you need to take the ball to, ball to the basket. It's tough. Look, people say it's a make or miss league, and there's some truth to that. The Lakers right now are the 29th ranked team in three-point percentage in the NBA at just 29.8%. So that's about five or six percent off of what typically is league average in this era, which is like 35, 36% from three. That's not good. I still think they're a better three-point shooting team than that, but they just haven't been able to knock them in so far. Um I think at a certain point, you have to decide, do we take the wide open, and I mean wide open, looks and trust that at some point we're going to knock these down? Or do you break and say, you know what? I know these are open, but maybe we're open for a reason and we got to start doing something different. I, I do wonder where the breaking point is with that. It's a fine line. Um, I think it depends on the player, like, you know, I definitely want Austin Reeves taking open threes whenever he gets them. Uh, I, I still even like, especially in the short corner, I still don't mind Cam Reddish taking open threes in the corner. Like, I'm still okay with that. I, I, I just, I, it's some you have to keep the defense somewhat honest. Like, if you just get to the point where you're just not shooting them at all, like you, 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 you make, you make yourself a lot easier to guard. So you know, you guys just have to start knocking them down. I, I think. I don't think this is the 29th uh, three-point shooting team in the league. I mean, I know they are stats-wise right now, but I do think they can find themselves to at least get in the middle of the pack. Uh, I think once the season goes on, you know, you get some guys back, uh, you have fresher legs, too. That's another thing, and we're not, mm -hmm. I don't think we're realizing here. When you're missing so many guys, you're asking pe people that normally would play less to play more minutes. And the more minutes you play, the, the more tired your legs are, which means you're probably not going to be as good shooting from the outside. So I think that's another thing. Once you have your, your deep roster fully assembled, guys are playing tighter minutes and have fresher legs to knock down these open threes later in the game. So that's one thing I also want people to keep in mind. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. You're putting more minutes on these guys. That's going to make it more difficult. And I, so to finish out the game, like, if you have a full healthy team, how many of those guys are actually on the floor in this situation? Not, I mean, Austin, LeBron, 
that may be it. Yeah, right? be, I mean, Christian Wood yeah. maybe is in the game. Maybe maybe Christian anybody. Wood. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, that's the mess only Cam maybe. Redders, Torian Prince, maybe, depending mm. on what the situation is exactly. Cam, I'll probably say no. Cam, I, oh, Cam's I, a definite yeah. no. Yeah, he's, a, he's for sure no. Um, and then you got maybes with Wood and Prince. Yeah. But the only two for sure is LeBron and AR. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Uh, Veronica said the Celtics lost a little consolation. Oh, they lost the game. I didn't see that. I, I always <laughs> enjoy when the Celtics lose. They haven't lost yet this year. So uh, so at least there's a little something. A little something. Celtics lose, lose a game. We'll take that. We'll take that. Uh, Josh said the game was entertaining, to say the least. But, man, I can't blame Reddish for that shot. If only it had been Wood or Reeves in the corner. Yeah, I think looking at this Lakers roster of the of the available players, I think I would have taken everybody else before Reddish. And I'm not trying to like trash Reddish or anything. I'm just talking about in terms of three point skill. Right, of the right. six guys who are available, Austin Reeves, Christian Wood, Torian Prince, LeBron James, uh, and Max Christie, I think. I would rank in terms of which who I would want most taking that corner three. I think Reddish would be last on my list. Yeah. Out of that group. Yeah. I'm God, not mad at that. That feels bad, mad. though. That feels bad, Mark. It does. It does. Um, and then also, too, another thing that nobody we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, maybe I would like to see them go a little quicker there. So you have an opportunity to possibly get an offensive rebound and a putback. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of times situations, the teams run the clock all the way down to where if you miss the shot, the, the game is over. And I, I've never really agreed with that. I think you should allow yourself to at least have a chance for an offensive rebound and a potential putback, especially mm-hmm. when you're only down by one point where a putback or something like that could win the game. So maybe go a little quicker there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument for that. Or at the very least, you play the foul game and then you get a shot at a three. I don't yeah. recall what the timeout situation was. Um, Omaris is asking for any updates on AD. Just that AD said he's planning on playing on Wednesday. We'll see how he feels tomorrow, but just that he was dealing with the hip spasm. So again, that's the, the current update. That's what we've got for now on Anthony Davis. I'm assuming we're going to find out a little bit more perhaps tomorrow. Um, this one says, oh, no. I hate this team with boiling passion. Guys can't hit open shots. Why can't you make open shots? Please, man, damn, we're bad to boot. Don't care. We're missing guys. We're playing. We're a play-in team at best. When you're missing all but six players, yeah, they they probably are a play-in team at best. I still, <laughs> If this team is healthy, they're definitely not a, a play-in team. They could wind up there in a, in a very difficult Western Conference, but I don't think they're, they're a typical play-in tal- caliber team. I think they really are just missing. I, I mean, this is a team built around the idea of having depth. All of that depth is gone. I mean, yeah. this is this is unreal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I love the passion, though. I really do. But uh, yeah, man, this is this, this is not a playing team. As you know, if they're healthy, right? You know, I don't know how long it's going to take for them to look full. So um, if you keep losing games while guys are out, then you'll, you'll dig yourself in a hole to where you could be a playoff, a play-in team. But I don't think just off the strength, this is a play-in team when everybody's available. So, But like I said, I don't know when that's going to happen. So we'll see. 
Got to get healthy. Got to get healthy. Avant Traders said five possessions to take the lead and win and all five times they shoot a three. Shaking my head. That's definitely on ham. Why would you draw up Cam to shoot the three? I'm not going to spend too much time on that because we've talked about it a lot, but I, I don't think the play was designed to get Cam a three. Rather give it to Wood or Prince. Team won't reach potential with Ham as the coach. Uh, again, if that was the game plan, then yes, you're right. I don't think the game plan was a Cam Reddish three. Um, but again, that's where you can argue should have been somebody else in, in the quarter. And I think you have a fair argument there. Re said Cam Red. Oh man, he's so mad at Cam. Cam Reddish, you suck. Ouch. Wide open. Team still relying on a 38-year Le- Le- LeBron to play better and stay the healthiest is sad. I mean, this is and this is what I see. I see this frustration from a lot of like LeBron fans, you know, shaking my head. Why is LeBron the most healthy guy on this team? I I can never fault a player for getting hurt, though. Right? Like if a if you see a player who's just out of shape and is underperforming because they're out of shape, you could say, well, that dude needs to get in shape. Like that's, he didn't put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. Blame the guy, right? If a guy, a guy's knee swells up, it's not like Gabe Vincent did something or didn't do something that caused his knee to swell up. It's right. just, it, it happens in, in sports sometimes. So I have a hard time getting on players like, like, oh, look at this team. Why are these guys so ridiculous? They're putting this on LeBron to, to stay healthy. What? There, there's no player that's saying, you know what? I'm going to get hurt today. That's what I, I feel like getting hurt right now. And uh, LeBron's just going to cover for me, right? LeBron, you got it. All right. I'm going to go sit over there and uh, I'm going to get my knee to swell up for a little bit. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. No player wants to get hurt. They yeah. all want to be out there playing. Is it frustrating? Absolutely. 100%. It's frustrating. We can express that frustration, but I'm never going to blame a player because, because they got hurt. They're not, that's not because of something that they did. Now, again, if they do something stupid, they, hey, I went snowboarding, shout out Vladimirad, right. um, when I shouldn't have, and I got her. All right, different story. But they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're doing the training they're supposed to do. They're getting the treatment they're supposed to do. And something happens on the basketball court. That's the, that's not the player's fault. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, it's just it's just bad luck, man. Um, I guess if I had to look at this from a glass half full perspective, though, maybe this is it, Trevor. Maybe we're just getting it out the way now. Before I, I like that. <laughs> like get that. it out the way right. now. And then after like the first round, like until now or until like Christmas, until the end of the season, we're, we're good. You know, we're just getting all the bad stuff out the way now so it doesn't affect us later in the year. That's the way I'm looking at it. At right. <laughs> Right. Maybe that's the case. We're using up all of our injuries early in the season. And yeah. um, and so we're not going to see them later on. All right. Um, let's get to this face reality. By the way, the Clippers also lost tonight. Another reason to to celebrate something. Face reality said AD's bones are made of spaghetti. String cheese. Well, I've got good news then. It wasn't his bones. It was a muscle. It's a muscle spasm. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. Yes, AD has suffered a number of injuries. Again, he says he's going to be okay for Wednesday. We'll see. Jerome Montgomery, why do we feel like we haven't won a game so far? The reason why is because there hasn't been, aside from the Clippers game, there hasn't been a game where you said, where you felt good after a win. There was the Clippers game, and that was it. The Orlando Magic win, they almost tied it at the buzzer. 
The Suns win. They were missing Booker. They were missing Beal, and the Lakers still barely won. There hasn't been that like statement dominant wire to wire win for the Lakers. We haven't seen yeah. that. And so yeah. there hasn't been that win that made people feel like, man, this team's really got something. So yeah, yeah, there's three wins on the record, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't, you don't feel as good about the team because there hasn't been that true, again, aside from the Clippers game, that feel good, man, this team really has something. This is something to be excited for the future. We haven't seen that. We've seen more of, yeesh, they just barely squeaked by against the Magic. They just barely squeaked by against the the Booker and Beal-less Phoenix Suns. That's that's probably not a good thing. So we haven't had enough positivity and positive moments to to feel like, yeah, this team has won some games. Yeah, and I'm not sure when you're going to have the opportunity looking at the schedule here soon. I mean, unless you count Phoenix on Friday because uh, Booker's back, maybe that's a for a feel good game. win. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean if they yeah. if they um if they beat Phoenix and Phoenix is healthy, yes, that will be a feel good win. No question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And then, you know, we're hoping you're you're thinking you beat Houston, so you're four and four, hence that game. What a chance to go over five hundred. It's a nationally televised ESPN game on Friday night in Phoenix. So yeah, I I guess that game would count for the upcoming schedule. And then next week you play Sacramento again on next Wednesday. It's an ESPN game as well. You got them in LA. You lost to them uh was that last week in Sacramento mm-hmm. with the overtime. Very winnable game as well. Yeah, so I mean yeah that, that that one was very very frustrating too. That that one was actually way more frustrating than this one because at least you did have Anthony Davis for for that game. You know you weren't mm-hmm. as shorthanded in that one. Um, but another thing we should note before we switch over to Sean's show, the Lakers Nation post post game show here, is the Lakers. One of the problems they've had is they've been trailing after the first quarter by double digits. They did not do that in this game. It was tied 33 33 at the end of one. That was a key for the game. A lot of other keys the Lakers didn't fulfill, but but at least they weren't trailing at the end of one. We'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's the silver lining, right? Because I was, I even, I posted on X2, I was like, breaking. The Lakers have not trailing after the first, but of course it had to be in a tie. They still couldn't have the lead, though. That would just have been too much. Too much. Lakers to be out there a quarter, we're, so we're asking for too much at that point. Baby, uh, lead, baby step. We, we baby step. <laughs> we, we'll take a tie on Wednesday. We'll talk about having a lead coming out of the first quarter. All right. Well, I know this was a very, very frustrating game, Lakers Nation. I know it was not easy uh, to get through this. I know the injuries are piling up. Anthony Davis hurt. I know all of this. The Lakers losing with a chance to win it, and you resort to a Cam Reddish three to potentially win the game. It's look. There's a lot of frustration out there, but we appreciate you guys hanging in there. We get through it together. The good times, the bad times, we get through all of it uh, as, as a team, as Lakers Nation. So appreciate all of you guys for joining us here tonight. If you're listening on the podcast side, certainly do appreciate that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Everybody on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit the like button right now. Let's get this video out to as many people as we possibly can. We've got Sean Davis coming up with the Lakers Nation post-post game show. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on this one. This was, despite the game, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Um, got a chance to bounce back Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. Get back to 500, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
All right, everybody, that's going to do it for Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane, and I will see you and stay safe.